Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. Good morning. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Deborah Choir, and I have attended Bethesda my entire life. It is my honor to serve as an elder in this church alongside my husband, Michael, and I also volunteer at the Compassion Pregnancy Center. This morning, I will be reading Matthew 5, verses 20 through 26 in the NIV. For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to the people long ago, you shall not murder, and anyone who murders will be subject to judgment. But I tell you that anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you are still together on the way or your adversary may hand you over to the judge, and the judge may hand you over to the officer, and you may be thrown into prison. Truly, I tell you, you will not get out until you have paid the last penny. And also, in God's word translation for clarity, I can guarantee that unless you live a life that has God's approval and do it more faithfully, than the experts in Moses' teachings and Pharisees. You will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, never murder. Whoever murders will answer for it in court. But I can guarantee that whoever is angry with another believer will answer for it in court. Whoever calls another believer an insulting name will answer for it in the highest court. Whoever calls another believer a fool will answer for it in hellfire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar and remember there that another believer has something against you, leave your gift at the altar. First go away and make peace with that person. Then come back and offer your gift. Make peace quickly with your opponent while you are on the way to court with him. Otherwise, he will hand you over to the judge. Then the judge will hand you over to an officer who will throw you into prison. I can guarantee this truth. You will never get out until you pay every penny of your fine. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. For doing that. I like the God word, God's word, a version of that today, just from the standpoint of I loved how it talked about The idea of you're angry with a fellow believer, with another believer. I'm talking to a bunch of believers here today, right? Are you a believer? I hope you're a believer. 
And I believe that his word is directed to us. I know his word can touch those that haven't called on him yet, but it's really to help direct us in how to live, right? We call the word of God our instruction books for life, right? Basic instruction before leaving earth, right, Bible? Yes, okay, if you tell me so. I want to just take this, and I'm not going to take a lot of time to, to talk about verse 20, because Pastor Pat did that a couple weeks ago. He brought that into a message, but I just want to start, and what we're going to do is we're going to just kind of break this down verse by verse for these five to six verses. Starting in verse 20, actually seven verses, if we bring 20 into it, as, as Jesus was saying, for your righteousness has to be more than those Pharisees, those people that were the leaders of the day of the word of God. And, and, and I'm thinking, really? Really, you expect us to have a greater uh, display or all of this than, than what they do and more faithful than those who study the word of God for their, for their daily work and they, they attend as many services as they can, they're expected to be. How are we supposed to do that? But then as I started to look at it and even as Pastor Pat brought it up, the Pharisees, see, they were content in obeying the law outwardly without allowing God to change their hearts. Or if you will, their attitude. They may have looked good. Uh, their deeds really probably looked really good too, but their hearts were far from him. Jesus, in this passage, this passage of Verses 20 through 26, 21 through 26 actually is talking about murder, this type of attitude that we have. And he was telling his listeners that you need to have a different kind of righteousness, one of love and one of obedience. Matthew 15, 8 and 9, just a few chapters back from where we're reading here. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain, and their, their teaching are merely human rules. So that's verse 20 in a nutshell. And, and like I say, Pastor Pat has already talked about that. So verse 21 in this passage is, you know, you've heard it said. You have heard that it was said to those of old. We got to remember in that day, a lot of things were passed down orally. They didn't have a written Bible like we all. How many have more than one Bible? You know, that's probably the majority of us in this house or at home, wherever you may be. We have more than one. They didn't have any. A lot of it was just by what they could hear, what the rabbi would teach. And that's how they got the word into them. And he said, you have heard that it was said in those days of old, you shall not murder and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. Oh, what Jesus did through the Sermon on the Mount. He began to raise the standards of the commands that were given in the Old Testament law. We're talking here about Exodus 20 and verse 13. You shall not murder. You may have learned it in the King James. Thou shalt not kill. What he was talking about here is this attitude of murder. I appreciate Pastor Rob, we could have gone home probably at the end of that. I thought he did such a great job with it. But we're not gonna. <laughs> a 
I think we can expand upon it a little bit more. And I'm not here today to talk a whole lot about where righteous anger and righteous indignant attitude can fit in and they can fit in. But I just want to look at what he's, what Jesus was talking about in the scripture today. See, he turned the focus from our heart, our hands to our heart. I was reading a commentator by the name of Rodney Buchanan. He said it this way, and this really worked so well for me. Jesus focused on the internals more than the externals. He's so worried about what's going on here. Watch this video for just a second. This is kind of what I'm talking about. Her sister was a witch, right? And what was her sister? A princess. The wicked witch of the east, bro. I'm going to stab him. You're going to look at me and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong? Am I wrong? My she wore a crown and she came down in a bubble, dog. I'm not fighting with you. Grow up, I'm not fighting bro. with you. Grow up. Get educated. But okay, I know you're all sitting there. What, what just played? I don't know what just happened there. Let me tell you, there's two guys that were arguing about the Wicked Witch of the East, sister. Was she a witch or was she a princess? She came down in a globe, bro. She had a crown on her head. She was a princess. They were, they were going at each other over the Wizard of Oz. And if the witch, well, whatever. I don't even know the names, but the Gilda, was it? The good witch, the good, huh? Glinda, there you go. I'm just like, wow, can tempers flare at nothing? That's why I think Jesus was talking about our heart. He's talking about what is going on inside of you. I'd play it again. It's very funny, and I can laugh at it, but it's very sad at the same time. That, that, that guy had his carotid arteries were starting to pop. He was so uptight. So it's a heart issue. Verse 22. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the uh, council. And, but whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. The ungodly anger in verse 22 that we're talking about begins here in the heart. And it leads to ungodly words. It's what comes out of us that causes us to sin, right? It's what comes out of us. Raka. Raka meaning empty-headed or someone with no sense. And then it goes on to even say, it, it even goes when you call somebody a fool. That's where we get our our English word moron. And it means more than that. It, it's calling someone a fool the way, that, the way that Jesus is talking about is to judge them and condemn them as a wicked, godless man. Condemnation starts in the heart. And Jesus cares about our hearts. And as we were, we were told last week, when Pastor Noah was up here and he was talking about it starts, that starts where? In our hearts. That's where sin is set in and it gets in us and then it begins to flow out. And it's, as we go through this Sermon on the Mount, we just see that Jesus begins to, I think, 
the way I say it is he continues to raise the standard on how we look at it. You know, Noah talked about what is that line? What's that line that I can go up to? We don't want to live in that mode of how far is it to go before I get in trouble? Because as soon as we start tempting that, as soon as we get close to that line, eventually our toe will cross it. I don't know if any of you watched any basketball yesterday, but I watched a whole bunch of guys that as soon as the edge of their shoe touched the line, it's out of bounds. It's not that they were trying to. It's not that we're trying to do that, but if we think we can always go up to the edge of that line, (laughs) no, we got to do better. We got to start looking at our hearts right now. Listen to this, Genesis 4, 6 and 7. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, listen to this, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Think about that. Think about a video. Have you ever watched those videos where people like to hide around the corner and jump out and scare people half to death? I personally don't care for it a whole lot. I'm not, I don't enjoy being scared. And I don't, I'm telling you, don't start playing that game. But it says it's crouching. I I see that same thing. Sin is crouching at that door, just waiting for you to come in. And it's going to jump on you. And it says, but you must rule it. Rule over it. That's getting more of this Savior that we have into our lives and into our hearts. Philippians 2, 3 and 4. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility... Value, value others above yourselves, not looking for your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others, of the others. That's a challenging scripture. First John 3, 11 through 15. For this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. And do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters. Folks, listen to this. Embrace this. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love each other. And anyone who does not love remains in death. And anyone who hates his brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. Boy, those are harsh words. Ephesians 4, 26, 27. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. See, a heart filled with anger is always gonna have to vent at some point. Have you ever watched a, a volcano? 
All that stirring and all that molten lava and all that stuff that's just stirring and stirring. And as it continues to stir a little bit more, what eventually happens in a volcano? It erupts. And it spews all over the place. And I'll tell you what, when anger like that gets inside of you and that begins to happen, oh boy. Not only at the spewing of the anger, but it's, it's dealing with it once it's been spewed out. And having to deal with what you've just created in that volcano type of attitude. See, we're missing the mark if we allow anger to reside in our hearts. I just read yesterday. I was reading a thing online yesterday of neighborhood right next to me. Guy has a ring doorbell on his house. And he said in the ring doorbell, he saw a couple kids uh, run up, ring his doorbell, beat on his door. Now, this was later at night. And he said his first instinct was to get up and get his gun. And for those of you that, that have guns, I, I can understand if you're a little bit intimidated or I, I'm not, for me, it seems a little extreme, but, um, or how about driving? <laughs> now I can put myself right in that seat. How about driving and getting cut, off, getting cut off in traffic? I've had a few times where I see my wife's knuckles get real white. Because all of a sudden, I'm going to show the guy or the gal or the whomever what they did to me. And like, what are you going to do? Go cut them off? Well, that's a real great example, right? And I'll be the first to admit, I struggle in the, in the driving realm. Or how about listening to too much news, too many talking heads on the radio, on the TV, whatever it is. And what they can do is they can get our blood going, can't they? We have to be careful what are we feeding ourselves? I, I have to admit, I've seen a few of these videos that have been put out, and I can't comprehend, but in, in the few that I've watched and the narrative that's there, there's unfortunately elderly Asian people have been getting just plowed down by, by people. And I've watched a few, and they just showed this one of this 90-year-old man just minding his own business and somebody coming up from behind him and just slamming him to the cement. It's like, my heart breaks for the person. I have to admit, I want to almost go into a rage for the person that did that to this elderly person. And again, I think there is a place for this righteous anger, but that's not where we're at right now. But I just watch What's going on? And, and Noah brought this cage in and he was talking about it. He pulled these boxes out and he had lust written on them. And I didn't come in here and put a whole bunch of anger on it or anything like that. But I want you to think about it. If this is kind of what gets inside of us and we begin to trap this anger that's inside of us. Unfortunately, I think this is what happens sometimes. Rather than doing what Noah did and start throwing it out, I think we begin to get in here and we begin to stack it up and we want to make it really neat and we want to make it really clean. And so when we get it like the way we want it, then we got everything kind of in control and it's stacked nicely. Now I've got a whole lot more room to, to uh, respond and to do my own thing. And, and now I feel like, wow, my heart's not too bad. It's opened up. I've got a whole lot more room. 
how the next thing begins to happen. And I'm not going to stand here and start throwing those all out. But we know that they need to get out of there. Anger can become a way of life. Do you understand that anger is a choice? And I believe that's what Jesus was telling us here in verses 22 and then in verse 23 and 24. He says, therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in the, at the front of the altar. Go, or first go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. See, apart from God, none of this will ever get resolved. None of this will ever get resolved. Our, our, only with our Lord can we overcome this. See, all things, it says, all things are possible through God. I'm gonna just give you one more example that I saw yesterday, and it was, again, another example that really caught my attention. There was a guy from the Tennessee basketball team. He was a senior a really good player. I don't know if you saw the video, but there was a play that was going on and at the end of this play from one end of the court to the other end of the court, uh, one of the players that was playing against the Tennessee guy, as he turned to this guy, he threw a elbow across his face. And so he hit it and then he came around with another elbow and cracked him right in the, right in the cheek and he dropped down, and he's out for the rest of the tournament because of the damage that was done. And I'm looking at this, and I'm like, what in the world? <laughs> but what I'm grateful that I did is I continued to read the article, and the guy from Tennessee that's out, he put a tweet out saying, listen, this guy called me. He apologized. He told me he got out of control and how sorry he was for that. And he's saying... This is what I'm telling you all. Let's get beyond this. Go Vals. This guy's like one of their key players. He's an excellent basketball player. He's now out the rest of the tournament, but he's telling the rest of the team, don't retaliate. Don't do that. I think he was telling me, don't retaliate. Don't do all that. There's something I think that's really deep in that young man that's saying, let's not try to return evil for evil because it's going to happen, but we've got to have our heart in check. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Get your heart in check and be careful with this stuff. Jeremiah 17, 9 through 10 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind to reward each person according to their conduct and according to what their deeds are. Deserve. Let that just sink in for just a minute. This heart is a deceitful. Other translations say wicked. 
that says it's really beyond cure. And without Jesus Christ in our life, unfortunately, I think these things will continue to well up in us. They will fester in us and they will come out of us. Far, or for too many people, for too many people, righteousness is a matter of obeying the rules. But Jesus actually teaches us that the rules require us to go deeper than just an outward display. It says, leave your gift there. Go, get reconciled to your brother, to your sister. If you know there's something, leave it there. Go get that right because you know what? You could still offer that sacrifice to me, but it isn't gonna matter because it's not really what needs to be done because actually I don't think he'll accept it at that point because we've got something against our brother, our sister, against a believer. Get that right before you even bring the altar or bring the sacrifice to the altar. And then verse 25 and 26, settle matters quickly with your adversary who is taking you to court. Do it while you're on your way together. This is an adversary. This is an adversary. It's already been read. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just let this go. And one of the commentaries that I read out of the Life Application Bible, it really, really spoke to my heart this past week. In Jesus' day, some who couldn't pay a debt were thrown into a prison until the debt was paid. Unless someone came and paid that debt for the prisoner, he or she would probably die there. Family, church family, how are we doing among ourselves? How are we doing among our brothers and sisters? And I'm not just saying only those that are here, but across in this universal church of Jesus Christ that we're a part of. Anger must be dealt with if we're, in, if we're ever gonna be able to please our Lord. And see, it's, it's better to offend our brother by seeking reconciliation than to offend God by keeping anger alive. We may never kill anyone, but Jesus is reminding us that this unrestrained anger that gets inside of us is already a breach of what the sixth commandment is saying. Kingdom living under the sovereignty of Jesus means living before God's face our hearts exposed to his all-seeing eye like an open book before him. This is what God has always wanted from his people, that they would do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with their God, Micah 6.8. And out of a, a commentary, I want to read this to you um, from uh, it was a commentary on Matthew by a gentleman with the last name uh, Morris. This is the ethic of the New Testament. We must put away what is earthly in us, anger, wrath, malice, slander, because you have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. That's out of Colossians 3. The standard of living Jesus requires is only the standard by which he himself lived. 
I hope this speaks to your heart today. I hope it is getting inside of you because I think every one of us, without raising your hands, could raise our hands and say, yep, I've got anger issues at times. I think, I think we all go through it. I do think that's one of those emotions that is in us. And I, again, anger can be used in a very productive way, a very good way, but unfortunately, unchecked, it begins to take us to a very negative place. And you know, a lot of times it takes us to start looking inside and saying, wow, I've got some struggles. Three application points as we've been talking about application. Number one, anger is a choice. And it's yours to make. Anger is a choice. The second application that I would bring up today. Attitude is a choice. Can I do anything to change your attitude? Nope. Can God do anything to change your attitude? Well, yes, I believe all things are possible with God, but you know what? You still have to be the one to change your attitude. I believe God could set all kinds of things in front of us, but a bad attitude is your problem. A good attitude is you coming through a problem. Only you can change your attitude. And in this attitude change, please hear him say, reconcile. Don't even think you're going to come to the altar and you're going to offer this sacrifice to me because you've got something going on. Get reconciled with that believer, your brother with your sister. Relationship matters to our Savior. And then last of all, praise, singing, and worship is a choice. This is going to be my statement, and if I'm wrong, you can challenge me on it. I'll take your email or talk to you or whatever. But I really believe with all of my heart that you cannot praise the Lord and be angry. The enemy knows that the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's Nehemiah 8.10. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And he knows that in the presence of the Lord is fullness of joy. Oh my gosh, fullness of joy. Psalm 16.11. In the presence of our God. So I want to have an altar call with you right now at your seat. And be honest with me. How many of you struggle with anger at times? If you will, stand to your feet. This is your altar call. <laughs> We're going to do our altar call a little bit different. Actually, I'm going to ask you all just to stand to your feet. And we're going to sing a song. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to promise you that by the time we get done singing this song, I don't see how anger can dwell when we're in this place. I'm just challenging you. Praise and worship and sing songs of praise unto our God that will get you out of that place of anger so quickly. If it means just putting it on, letting it play in the background, that's great. You know what? There is some music that I don't think you should be listening to because I think there is stuff that could get us even crazier angry. 
But I'll tell you what, when it focuses on our God, when it focuses on our Savior and our Lord, it can't help but take us to a place of worship and praise. Father, I come before you right now. I praise you. I thank you for this time. I ask that you bless each one that's in this house, each one that's at home. Lord, let them deal with this anger that can well up inside of us. Lord God, your word challenges us. Lord, it's a type of anger that will destroy. Lord, it becomes the intent of the heart as there are different ways of murder that people can be tried with. Murder one, murder two, murder three. Lord God, oh, help us to deal with it, especially with our believing brothers and sisters. Help us to deal with it and get rid of it. I ask it in your precious, in your mighty name. Amen.